We normally say our declaration as we read the word of God. After three, one, two, three. This is God's word, not Brother David's word. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be what it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I will never be the same in Jesus' name. Amen. Pastor Omar was the only one that was doing this with his eyes closed. Yes, everybody else was reading. (laughs) Amen. Matthew chapter 24, and I will read and you can follow. Now as Jesus, from verse 3 we start. Now as Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately. Tell us, they said, when will this happen and what will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age? Jesus answered, watch out that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name claiming I am the Christ and will deceive many. You will hear of wars and rumors of wars, but see to it that you are not alarmed. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of birth pains. Then you will be handed over to be prosecuted and put to death, and you will be hated by all nations because of me. At that time, many will turn away from the faith and will betray and hate each other, and many false prophets will appear and deceive many people. Because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold, but he who stands firm to the end will be saved And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. Let us pray. Father God, we thank you for today. Father, we thank you for this first day of January 2023, that we can come in your courts, in your house, to worship you, to praise you, to honor you, and to glorify you. Father, we acknowledge your goodness, we acknowledge your omnipotence, your omniscience, and your omnipresence. Father, we just bless and praise your name. God, we acknowledge that we are nothing without you, and we can do nothing without you. At your name, the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Father, you are the potter and we are the clay. And we submit ourselves to you, Lord. We surrender our lives to you as we have sung earlier. That, Lord, you will mold us into what you want us to be. Father, we ask you to take full control. We ask you to intervene in our lives once more today. Father, we pray for healing. We pray for restoration. We pray, Lord, for your, the anointing presence of your Holy Spirit in this place. We bless your name, O God, for what you have done and for what you're going to do. We give you thanks and praise in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You may be seated. 
Now, I'm going to continue to read from verse 32 to 44. Now, learn this parable from the fig tree. That's Matthew chapter 24, verse 32 to 44. Now, learn this parable from the fig tree. When its branches already become tender and puts forth leaves, you know that summer is near. So when you see all these things, know that it is near at the doors. That's what we read before, okay? All these, when you see all these things. Assuredly, I say to you, this generation will by no means pass away till all these things take place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. But of the day and the hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, but only, but my Father only. Now as the days of Noah were, so also will be the coming of the Son of Man be. For in the days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, just like today, marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark, and did not know until the flood came and took them all away, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. Then two will be in the field, one will be taken and the other left. Two women will be grinding at the mill, one will be taken and the other left. Watch therefore. Watch therefore, for you know not what hour our Lord is coming. Watch therefore, but know this. That if the master of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched and not allowed his house to be broken into. Therefore, you also be ready. Therefore, you also be ready. For the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. I asked the question earlier, are you ready to meet our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Are you ready? As we read in verse 42, it says, Watch therefore. Watch therefore, for you do not know what hour your Lord is coming. That's verse 42. In verse 44, it says, Therefore you also be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. You know, a few weeks ago, Pastor Omar spoke on the parable of the ten virgins, in which five were wise and five were foolish. And in verse 13 of Matthew 25, it says, Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. Now, what does it mean to be watchful? You're probably asking that question. What does it mean to be watchful? How do we live watchful lives? Being watchful suggests a preparedness in order to avoid being taken by surprise, right? Or being taken unaware by an enemy. You know, a lot of people, a lot of companies employ security guards that stay on the compound at nights and they watch. They watch to see if somebody is coming to break in to their premises. 
But before we go into the, the meat of the sermon, I want to share briefly on some things that are happening around the world so it will give us a better picture and a better idea that we are living in the last days. I believe that the return of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ can happen anytime. And you may be cynical. Some of us may be saying, but from the little boy near here said Jesus, I come back. From the little near here said Jesus soon come and he hasn't come back yet. But God wants us to be prepared and we need to live each and every day of our lives as if Jesus Christ could return at any minute. That's the way we are supposed to live our lives. You know, I remember when I was a child and my father would go out to work and he would say, do this or we'd leave some chores for us to do. Don't go out on the street to play. And we, what we would do we would go out and play, but then we would have our lookout person watching to see if he was going to come down the road. And when they saw him, they would shout and we would, all of us would run in, right? So there was somebody looking out, somebody was being watchful. Because Jesus Christ could return any day. You know, in Matthew 24, it speaks about various events that will take place before the coming of our Lord and Savior. Last year, 2022, in the early part of last year, it appeared as if COVID-19 was going away. It appeared as if the COVID-19 pandemic was coming to an end. And many people thought that we were going to get back to normal. But something else happened. On the 24th of February, 2022, Russia began what they called what is known as a special military operation in which they invaded the country of Ukraine. This was a major escalation of a war that had started or a conflict in 2014. Internationally, this was seen as a war of aggression. Most of us probably don't understand the purpose of this war or why it's going on. But this is a very significant event that's causing rippling effects around the world. It's still causing effects around the world right now. We in Jamaica sometimes are not aware of what's going on in other parts of the world. And we're living here unaware of what's going on. And we sometimes think that everything is okay. Right? And the Bible actually tells us that we must be alert because Jesus' return will be like a thief in the night. And we don't seem to understand what is taking place around the world. The Russia-Ukraine war is the largest assault on a European country since World War II. In 1945, that ended in 1945. You know, I have a special kind of interest in World War II. And that's because... My grandfather was in the war. And my mother would tell me that whenever they heard the sirens, they would have to go, she lived in England, they would have to go in the basement to hide. And they had to do this for a number of years. And so I have, a, I have an interest in, in the history 
of World War II. This Russian invasion has caused the largest refugee crisis in Europe. It's estimated that over 42,000 people have already died, 54,000 people have been injured, and over 9.3 million refugees or Ukrainians have left the country to go to other European countries. Now, if you think about that, that's three times or more than three times the population of Jamaica. That would mean every single person in Jamaica would have, have, would have left the country to go somewhere else. I'm trying to get you to understand the significance of what is taking place. Right? Over 14 million people, in addition to those that have left, over 14 million people have left their homes and have gone to, that, that have been displaced from their homes and gone to live somewhere else in the country. Because where they're living is too dangerous. The damage done is estimated at over $350 billion. We here in the Caribbean, we're feeling some of these effects. We're seeing this in the oil prices or the gas prices that have gone up. The price, the price of food items, wheat and maize and barley have gone up because between Russia and Ukraine, they produce a quarter of the world's supply of wheat. Right now, the World Food Organization is saying that there will be famine and starvation like never before, especially in certain African countries like Somalia, where there's already drought, and it's estimated that over 4 million people will be affected or are, will be at risk of dying. That's a, the that's a whole population of Jamaica, again. will be at the risk of dying. I'm telling you this so you can understand what is happening around the world. There's a global, <laughs> we are facing a global cost of living crisis. Right now, many financial institutions in the United States are predicting that recession is very imminent. Very imminent. You know, I remember at the start of the war, there were many Jamaican students who were studying medicine in Ukraine. And some of them had some difficulties getting back because they stayed a little too long. And they had to go through Poland and maybe go through Germany to get back. I never realized until then that there were thousands of students studying medicine in Ukraine. Ukraine was a factory for doctors. And it was, it's much cheaper than what they were charging at UWE to study medicine. Where they are now, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure they probably got into some other program. But I want to just slightly go from that to a different perspective. Apart from this war, there are many, many more wars and conflicts going on in the world right now. Many more. We are just not aware of some of these things because some of us, we don't watch or listen to the, we only listen to CVM and CNN. But if you watch Al Jazeera, you will get the news in the Middle East and, and many of the African countries. Just to give you a better understanding, <clears throat> there is war going on in Afghanistan. There's civil war going on in Ethiopia. There's a drug war in Mexico that has already killed over 300,000 people since it started. There's war in Algeria. There's war in Cameroon. 
There's war in the Democratic Republic of Congo. There's war in Iraq. There's war in Libya. There's war in Chad. There's war in Mozambique. There's war in Nigeria. There's war in Tanzania. There's war in Tunisia. There's war in Colombia. There's war in Syria. There's war in South Sudan. There's war in Iran. There's war in Israel. Just to name a few. Wars are going on right now in these places. But guess what? We live in a nice tourist island, you know, where people run from these other countries and they come here to enjoy the the sand and the sea. And we think everything is fine. We think everything is fine. But the sad thing is, apart from these wars, many more people are dying because of the effects of the wars. Because of famine, the loss of infrastructure, and so on. I'm saying this to say that conflicts and wars are going on right now. In Matthew 24, it tells us that we shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. Nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdoms. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places. And these are the beginning of birth pains. And it tells us the end is not yet. So how are we to live in light of all this? How are we to live in light of all that is happening around the world? The Bible tells us we must watch. The Bible tells us we must watch, therefore. We must live watchful lives, a life of watchfulness. Being watchful Suggest a preparation, a preparedness in order to avoid being taken by surprise or being taken unaware by an enemy. It involves fighting against carelessness and procrastination. You know, sometimes we think that our biggest enemy may be somebody else or the fact that we don't have a better job. Or the fact that we are not earning enough. But sometimes our biggest enemy is ourselves, Our own procrastination. Our own carelessness. A lot of us, we make our New Year's resolution. And they say by February or March, that's out the window. We're back to our old habits. You know, there's something that I learned. And I've tried to teach my daughter. That if you can make one little step every day, one little step every day towards your goal, try, try every single day to make one little step towards the goal that you want to achieve, and you'll be surprised how much you will achieve. There's a, there's a, there's a director that I have at work, and he will tell us, all I want you guys to do is to just produce one item of work each day. Don't worry about trying to produce many documents of work or contracts or whatever you do. Just produce one thing. Just try and do one thing every day that you have completed. There, I remember a couple, couple of times I have a few friends who will tell me that they're coming to visit me. And they'll say, I'll say, what time are you coming? They'll say, I'll come about any time in the afternoon. 
Anytime. I said, what time? I need a time. They say, I come anytime after one. Right? And so I'll get ready in expectation that they'll be coming anytime after one. One o'clock, you know, they're not there. Two o'clock, I'm looking out the window, seeing maybe they, you know, you know, somehow they may be at the gate, gate waiting. They're not there. Three o'clock, they're not there. I look up, I check my phone to see my WhatsApps if I have missed any call. They're still not there. Four o'clock, they're not there. Five o'clock, they're not there. And I'm waiting. My wife will say, oh, they're not coming anymore. Six o'clock, they're not there. And at 8.30, the person turns up. I get a call. I'm at the gate. But guess what? I was ready. I was ready all the time. But you know what? What hurts me the most? I could have had a nap. I could have done something. I could have gone out. But because I'm waiting on them to come, I'm there expecting that they would be there anytime. To watch means to give strict attention. To be cautious. To be active. When you're watching, you are still being active. To take heed less through remission or omission, some destructive calamity overtakes you. In the New Testament, there are three basic emphasis on the meaning watch. Three basic emphasis. And we're going to be looking at those briefly and then we will close. Number one, it means to be prepared for the coming or the return of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. That's the number one meaning. To be prepared and to be ready for the coming and the return of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Number two, it means to be on guard against temptation. And number three, it means to persist in prayer. To persist in prayer. Point number one. Being watchful. Jesus Christ will return one day. Now if you believe that Jesus Christ will return one day, then you will prepare yourself to meet him. Like in the parable of the ten virgins, five were prepared and five were not prepared. Five were wise and five were foolish. The ones that were prepared took their lamps and they took oil with them. The ones that were not prepared, they had their lamps, lamps, but they didn't have any oil with them. In John 14 verse 1, 2 and 3 it says, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. That where I am, there you may be also. The Lord Jesus himself told us that he would return one day. There are many prophecies in the Bible concerning the return of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. In fact, the Bible is one third prophecy. Over 300 prophecies concerning the, the coming and the return of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. In Jeremiah 23 verse 5, Isaiah 25 verse 8, Daniel 12, 1 to 3, Joel 1 
Verse 15, I see some people writing, Micah 5, verse 2 to 4, Zechariah 14, verse 5 to 9, all prophesied about the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord Jesus Christ will return, and if he will return, that means we must be ready. We must be prepared. But when will he return? Nobody knows when he's going to return. The Bible tells us, we read that. The Bible says, of that day and of that hour, no one knows, not even the angels, but my Father in heaven. There have been people who have, been, who have tried to predict the end of the world, the end of the age. The Bible says, if somebody tells you, come, the Lord Jesus is over here, is returned. Don't go, because his coming will be with great, like lightning. And thunder, and we'll all know when he is. If you're alive, you will know that he is returned. But one thing I know that it's his return is closer than it was a hundred years ago. It's closer than it was fifty years ago. It's closer than it was five or two years ago. One of the signs that we need to pay attention to as Christians. And we need to understand is that the nation of Israel is a compass of Bible prophecy. The nation of Israel. Bible prophecy is centered around the nation of Israel. A very significant event, and here I go again after World War II. A very significant event that took place on May 14, 1948 was the rebirth of the nation of Israel. The rebirth of the nation of Israel. This was a very, very important event. After the temple was destroyed in AD 70 by the Romans and the nation of Israel was scattered, this was the first time that they were able to regather and come together again as a nation in May 14, 1948 after World War II. After the terrible events of that war when Hitler tried to exterminate and he tried to kill all the Jews. They were given the piece of land that belonged to them. It was returned to them so that the children of Israel could return to their land. We see this in Ezekiel 36 and Zechariah 12. Where it talks about the Israelites... Returning to their own land. So since we know that the Lord will return, we must be watchful and we must be ready. We don't know when he's going to return. Therefore, we need to be ready. I remember there have been times when my daughter, the, the, the teacher will tell them, we'll have a quiz next week. But they're not sure which day it's going to be. So what? You've got to study and be ready. Don't wait. I always tell her, don't wait until the night before to study. Because what if you feel sick? What if something happens? And that, was, that has always been a principle in my life. Even when I used to go to, uh, when I was at university, I would always study and make sure that I'm prepared even one week before the exam. So the week before the exam, I could relax. We must be ready in every sense of the word. Jesus Christ used the word ready, or sorry, watch, 
14 times in the New Testament in the Gospels. Jesus Christ commands us to watch. In Mark 13 and verse 37 it says, And what I say to you, I say to all, watch. This is an equivocal command by our Lord Jesus. It's an order from our Lord Jesus Christ that requires strict attention and obedience. Brothers and sisters, it's important that you watch. You know, I would say that my wife is more watchful than I am generally. Because I'll do certain things, like I'll keep money in my pockets. And you say, you can't do that, you know, it's going to fall out. Somebody could come and pick it. Don't put your, your laptop, leave your laptop in the car because somebody will come and break the glass and get it out. And when she's going anywhere, she's always looking around her, making, uh, look, sir, you know, making sure the environment is okay. And that's fine. We've got to be watchful. And us, even us in Jamaica, we are more watchful than people in other countries. Because we know that you know, anybody could come upon us and attack us or, or try to rob us or do so. We are watchful. And we need to be watchful in our spiritual lives. We need to be. Therefore, you must be ready for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. Watch therefore, for you neither know the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man will come. In Mark 13 and verse 34 to 37, it speaks about the parable of the faithful steward. It is like a man going to a far country who left his house and gave authority to his servants. And to each his work and commanded the doorkeeper to watch. To watch. Watch therefore for you do not know when the master of the house is coming. In the evening, at midnight, at the crowning of the crowing of the rooster or in the morning. Lest he come suddenly and find you sleeping. And I say to you, I say to all, watch. Blessed are those whom the Master, blessed are those servants whom the master, when he comes, will find watching. And there's a, a warning because it says that if he comes and he finds that you are not watching, you're going to be thrown out and cut in pieces and you will have your place with the hypocrites. Therefore, watching is serious business. It's serious business. We, we have to live a life of watchfulness. Paul the Apostle in 1 Thessalonians 5, 1-7 encourages us to resist the evil one so that we won't be taken by surprise at the Lord's coming. Watchfulness implies a sobriety, an avoidance of worldly excesses. That will distract us from the things of God. Jesus will come in the, like a thief in the night. So we must be watchful. The second point is, being watchful means being on guard against temptation. We must be on guard against temptation. Now as Christians, we know, we know that we live in a world that's full of evil. Our 
all kinds of evil. So we have to be on guard against that. In Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 12, it tells us we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual wickedness in the heavenly places. In 1 Peter 5 and verse 8, it says that we must be sober. We must be sober. We must be vigilant because our adversary, the devil, walks around or prowls around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Paul the Apostle further describes and compares our Christian life to that of a soldier. A lot of us don't like to hear that. Because we want to live civilian lives. But we are soldiers in the army of God. I remember we used to sing that song in Sunday school. I'm a soldier in the army. Amen? Therefore it is evident that we are fighting against an enemy and the our adversary, the devil, and his demonic host. Now hear me carefully. The easiest way to catch an opponent is to catch them when they are not aware. That's why so many bombings and so many attacks take place at night. To catch them at their weakest point. To catch them when they are not paying attention. To catch them when they are sleeping or when they are not watching. So that means when we are relaxing, when we are on our vacation, as it were, when we are off duty, when we are taking time off, when we are not paying attention, when we are not praying, when we have strayed away from the fold, when we are on our own, when we are sick and weak, that is the opportune time when the devil will attack us. That's the time when he will attack us. And therefore we have to be on guard. We have to be watchful. We have to be vigilant to avoid the temptation and the traps of the enemy. Now we know that hunters, when they want to catch certain birds, they will set a trap or a cage or or some sort and they'll put something in there that the bird will like. And the unsuspecting bird will go in and then get caught. In guerrilla warfare... They set all kinds of traps for the enemy. There are landmines that they hide in the, in, you know, put them under the ground, just below the earth. There are, there are foot traps that they set in the grass. There are holes that they dig and cover it up with, with, uh, grass or leaves or, or branches and you'll walk and step on it and you'll fall into the pit. So you have to be aware of the, traps of the enemy so you, it can be avoided. You know, the devil will not try to tempt you with something that you hate or you dislike. He's going to tempt you with something that you want. He's going to tempt you with something that you are attracted to. So we have to be careful about the glitz and the glamour of this life. We have to be careful about the things that are in this world that will distract us. Sometimes you may see an opportunity or we will call it, oh, that's a good opportunity for me. Right? You may see, you may think it's a better job. But if it's going to take you away from the Lord, 
if it's going to give you less time to serve God and do his will, that may not be where God wants you. It could be a trap of the enemy to lead you astray. Because sometimes some people, when they get a new job, they stop coming to church because they don't have any more time for church. When they start earning more money, they start going on more vacation or start spending the money on things that are distracting them from God. So not everything that glitters is gold. The Bible says we must be wise and we must walk as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. We've got to be aware of the schemes and the plans of the enemy. We have got to live watchful lives so we can avoid temptation. Paul says in Ephesians 6 verse 10 to 18, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Take up the whole armor of God. The breastplate of righteousness, the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Take up the whole armor of God so you may be able to stand in the evil day. And verse 18 says, Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, being watchful. Being watchful to this end. We must be watchful. Being watchful means that we must be vigilant. We must be active. It's not a passive life. It's an active life we, where we are ready to resist the evils and the attack of the enemy. When Jesus was being tempted in the wilderness in Matthew 4, 1 to 11, Jesus quoted the word of God to resist the temptation of the enemy. And we also need to know the word of God. We must be active. We must be vigilant. We must study the word of God. Read the word of God. Study the word of God. And like I say, you know, sometimes I get tired of reading. And what I do is I listen. You know, that you could get the Bible on audio right now. You could listen to the whole Bible. You could listen to any chapter you want. Anytime you want. Just go on YouTube and put it, type in whatever you want. And you can get the audio and you can listen to it. When you're tired of reading, you could listen. So there's no excuse for not reading and listening and studying to the word of studying the word of God. Finally, we must be watchful in prayer. We must be watchful in prayer. Watching and praying goes hand in hand. Our Lord Jesus himself commanded his disciples to watch and pray on two separate occasions. Watch and pray. Matthew 26 verse 44. When Jesus was in the garden of Gethsemane. Before his crucifixion. He told his disciples to watch and pray. Lest they enter into temptation. Watch and pray. On another occasion Jesus. Used the phrase watch and pray in Luke chapter 21. When Jesus was explaining the end time events of the last days. Pretty much like what we read in, in Matthew 24. Jesus warned his disciples what would happen and he told them, Be careful that your hearts will be weighed down with carousing, drunkenness, and the anxieties of life that will close on you suddenly like a trap. 
Luke 21 verse 34. Then Jesus said, be always on the watch and pray. Be always on the watch and pray. Praying and watching goes together. That you may be able to escape all that is happening around you and you may be able and you will be ready for the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. The Apostle Paul always encourages the brethren to pray with unfailing perseverance. The actions of watchfulness and prayer are intertwined. They go together. You know, when you are watching, you are vigilant. Prayer is an act of, of vigilance and vigilance a consequence of prayer. That's why it's so important as a church to pray together. Very important as a church to pray together. Vigilant watchfulness is a manifestation of a genuine spiritual life. It shows that you are growing as a Christian. It keeps the church faithful and you are able to avoid being lulled into false security. You know, as human beings, we get easily distracted by the things that are around us. You know, every day, you have to keep your mind sober. You have to keep yourself sober and be on guard against the attacks of the enemy. Be on guard and aware of your surroundings and what is taking place. We have to be careful that we don't go off on a tangent and we become spiritually lazy. And then we are not in tune with what God, God wants to do in our lives. A true disciple will watch and pray. So that we are not distracted by the world. We must keep our eyes on Jesus. Matthew 24 and verse 46 says, Blessed are those servants whom the master when he comes will find them so doing. That is watching. Blessed are those servants whom the master, when he comes, will find them so doing. Assuredly, I say to you, he will make them ruler over all his goods. Don't be like the evil servant who beat his fellow servants and went eating and drinking with the drunkards. He was condemned and the master said to, to him, to them, cut him in two. And appoint him his portion with the hypocrites. They will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. At the end of our journey, we want to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. You know, brothers and sisters, salvation is no joke. Let's not take our salvation to be something that is casual and begin to live a careless life and not pay attention to our spiritual lives and how we are growing and living in the Lord. This morning I want you in light of God's return I want to ask you again are you ready for the return of the Lord? Are you living a watchful life? Are you living a life of hope where you are looking forward to the return of our Lord and Savior? Can you say that if Jesus Christ was to return today, then I know that I am ready. We need to be watchful. 
We must be watchful and ready for the Lord's return. We must be watchful in guarding against temptation and we must be watchful in prayer. We need to make a resolve that we are going to live watchful lives. Just like we are watchful in the physical, we need to be watchful in the spiritual. It's very, very important that we be watchful because the days are evil. We don't want anyone that's in a part of this fellowship to live a careless Christian life and when the Lord Jesus Christ returns, you are not ready. Or you fall into unnecessary temptation and the, and the lures of the enemy, the evil one. Because his plan is to destroy you. His plan is to steal and to destroy. That's the plan of the enemy. So this morning, if you are not living watchful lives, then I implore you to take heed. The Bible says we must be watchful and ready for the return of the Lord. We must be watchful to guard against temptation and we must be watchful in prayer. Amen. At this time, I'll just invite Pastor Omar to close off. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Brother David. Come and put your hands together for the Lord Jesus Christ and his servant, Brother David. Listen, there's one spirit that works and it is the spirit of the Lord. And so last night, for those of you who are here, we, we looked at the parable and we shared the story of the feast. Part of the feast is that there were some persons who were invited who didn't initially come. So they sent for some others to the wedding feast. When they got there, um, the king returned. We must be watchful for his return. He returns, and there was a man there who had on the wrong garment. The, 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 the king said, listen, take him and cast him into utter darkness. Because, number one, the people who were invited were not ready. Then there was a next man who actually got to the feast, but had on the wrong clothes. So he was not ready. So there are two groups of people. Right? The people who are not ready. And the people sometimes who get to the wedding, but they're wearing the wrong stuff. Which means that you're actually in the place where the wedding is being kept. The church for the bride, the bride of Christ. But that's it. You have been invited and you're here, but your life is not ready. Though you turn up for the wedding, you're not ready. And, 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 and the deception, the second point about being watchful for temptation, I want you to understand this in this context. And we said it last night that the biggest deception is for people to believe that there are when they are not. The biggest deception in the world today is broken people believing that they are whole. Is unsafe people believing that they are saved. People heading to hell who believe they are actually on their way to heaven. It's the biggest deception. It's the biggest trap. 
if the enemy can convince you that you're heading to heaven when you're on your way to hell, he has already won. And there's only two solutions to that problem. The Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and the full obedience of man. The thing is that, you know one of the stories that we did? We said that nobody knew if anybody is saved. None of you knows if I'm saved. I could be preaching here every Sunday and don't know Jesus. You could be sitting here every Sunday and still don't know Jesus. Remember what he said in the story? He said, depart from me. I never knew you. Because here's the thing. When, once God knows you, he can't unknow you. That's, that's why he said, I never knew you. Because if he knows you, you cannot become unknown. But here's the issue. A lot of us are unknown. But we believe that we are known by him. And they were going to say to him, but I have, I mean, I'm at the wedding. I did all the wedding stuff. Didn't, didn't I clap my hands in church on January 1st, 2023? Didn't you see the offering that I gave? Didn't you see me lifting my hands and singing songs? And he's going to say, depart from me. I never knew you. And only you alone can change that. Hell is still real and heaven is still real. God is still real and the devil is still real. And people need to make real decisions. I'm not here to tell you that it's a bag of or a bed of roses. I'm here to tell you that there's no better life than the Christ life. There's no better life than the Christ life. That thing, that person that has you staying away from Christ, I guarantee you, if you ask them to give up their life for you, they would not. Let me end on this. Matthew 6.33 Seek first the kingdom of God and all these things and his righteousness and all these things shall be what is it that you need added to your life? Ask it. What, what do you need to be added? Is it a husband? Is it a wife? Is it money? Is it education? Is it fame? Is it popularity? What do you need to be added? He says, don't add your stuff and then come try and find me. Find me and the stuff get added to your life. It's very easy. You either stand and say, yes, Jesus. Or you sit and say, no, Jesus. You remember when they went and they called him last night, we said this, the people said, I mean, I have things to do. I'm going to look about my farm. I'm going to check out my land. I'm going to check out my family. I'm going to look for my wife. Everybody had an excuse. I don't know what yours is. Maybe it's very reasonable. And you're going to say, Pastor, I'm sure you don't understand. I, honestly, I don't understand. I don't need to understand. Here's what I know. I never understood. I just obeyed. You don't need understanding. You need obedience. Because if you could fix it, you'd have fixed it long time ago. And the more we try to fix our problems, is the worse they get. And the perfect example of this, my, my son, um, Nathan, he has this dresser, 
draw with some heap of draws in here and there. One of them fell out. I don't even know what he did, but it just, it just, it just, the front part of it came out. So the, the base and the sides and the back was still in there. So of course I took it up and I started trying to repair it. I knew from the very beginning, the spirit of the Lord just spoke to me and said, you're not a carpenter, leave this alone. Yeah, so I kind of know that. that. That's not my thing. Give me a computer for me to sit in front of or a book to analyze and break down. That's my thing right there. But you know, you're the man in the house. And if the drawer needs to be fixed. So I try to nail it. You know, tack it up and thing. Look good, try to put it back in, it fell apart again. Right? Tried it a couple of times and it never worked. And the more I tried to fix it, it the board not good enough. You know what? Me start to say I threw the board not good because every time I try to kneel, the thing part tight pop off. Them, them now make the furniture them good again. Start complaining and start cussing the thing. So I now put it back in there. Then my sister came. And she came up with this great idea. I knew it couldn't work, you know. I knew what she was telling me to do. It never does work. She give me a thing. They have some little glue thing. What do they call it glue? Super glue. So super glue up wood. Brother David. I say, I knew in my heart. Like the spirit of the Lord talked to me. I said, that now going to work. You know what I did? I used the super glue. The thing get worse. I eventually, you know what I eventually did? I just took it out and put it down and I leave it. And say, you know what? I'm not going to try to fix it. Might as well just get the right person to fix it, or you get the right draw. That's how our lives are. We try to put super glue to patch it back together, it's not going to work. You try to nail things and fit it back together, and it falls apart again. Because you weren't designed to fix your life. And nobody can help you fix it except Jesus. Not even your sister, who you think have look of wisdom, can help you. And even when the carpenter fix it many times, it fall back apart. Because only Jesus can fix it. You're trying to fix your life? It's a deception of the enemy. You cannot fix it. Only Jesus can. So with every head bowed and all eyes closed, I want to pray for you this morning. This is the beginning of the new year. Recommit your life to the Lord. Alright, I know you may be talking about the mountains of sin and how you're going to stop this and how you're going to stop this and I wonder how I can't even stop this and I wonder how you're going to stop this and how you're going to stop this and how I mean, I already buy my ticket for going to Bujuban and sure if I ever do this, no, how that I'm going to work out, God. But listen, never think about that. Listen, give your life to Jesus if you want to go to Bujushu, go on to Bujushu. Young God, work out that. But I don't care about what you do if you want to go to Bujushu. I just want you to give your life to the Lord because you may not live to go to the show. And I want to make sure that in between this moment and the Buddha show, you have Jesus, just in case. You know, you have some plans, you probably have a date planned for next week, and you're very anxious to go and meet the person, and you say, well, let me wait until after I go on the date, just in case it work out. Listen, I'm saying to you, you don't know you're going to live that long. So make the decision right now. To commit your life to the Lord. So with every head bowed and eyes closed. If you have never accepted Jesus Christ. As your Lord and your Savior. And you need the one person who can fix your life. Jesus. He is the way. Not a way. 
I want you to stand right where you are. This is very bold. Listen, and if you have, you, you maybe you gave your life to him and you just decided, I'm going to come to church the first Sunday of the month because I'm, I'm getting my, my life of faith in order. And it starts today. If these two things apply to you, I want you to stand right where you are. And I'm going to have a member, one of the leaders of the church, you're going to come and they're going to stand beside you. And we're going to pray this through in the name of Jesus. Surrender to him. I'm not going to delay this. I'm not going to go along. I'm just going to go to five. Because... Certainly, God don't beg nobody to be saved. It's either you want him or you don't. For he says, if you reject me before men, I will reject you before my father. And at some point, you're going to call. But will it be too late? Will you be the foolish virgin? When they came and they knocked at the door, the door was already closed. You go one, two, three, four, and five. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord. We thank God for those who stood in obedience to the voice of the Lord. Listen, this is between you and God. We have... One of our leaders standing beside you just to support you, to pray with you, and pray along with you. And I'm going to pray these prayers this morning because nothing is wrong if every time the prayer of salvation is prayed, you pray it. Listen, every time it is said in the church, I pray it because, man, I just, I'm not getting re-saved. I'm just saying it just in case I'm just getting saved because we don't know. And we never know. So I want you to repeat after me and just say this prayer unto God. For the scripture says, if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, that's how salvation comes. For with the heart one believes and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life oh how he loves you heaven is rejoicing hallelujah double time because two have stood in obedience to the lord hallelujah hallelujah come on clap your hands for jesus hallelujah come on just 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 pray this just say heavenly father i am a sinner needing forgiveness i ask you lord to forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart today. Be my Lord and my Savior. As I come to full repentance. I turn away from everything sinful. And I turn to you. I surrender my whole life into your care. Fix me Lord. For I cannot fix myself. I believe in your son Jesus Christ. I believe that he died for my sins. I believe he was buried. 
I believe he's now resurrected and seated at your right hand. Thank you for saving me. You're able to keep that which I've entrusted to you. My life is yours. In Jesus' name, amen and amen and amen. Hallelujah. 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 And so, Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for salvation. We thank you for the hope we have in you. We thank you, Lord God Almighty, that you have good plans for us, dear, not to harm us, to give us, but to give us a future and a good hope. We thank you for your faithful servant who ministered your word this morning. I pray, Lord God, that as we go through today that this word about being watchful will will resonate something will happen in the spirit man to cause us to check our own life to see if we are ready and watchful for the master's return we thank you lord to you belong all the glory to you belong all the honor and to you belong all the praise in jesus name amen amen and amen and amen come on just jump to your listen we have some time to go we're gonna we're gonna celebrate the lord it's a brand new year we're gonna end our time of worship just singing some songs you know this song says i'm a new creation